I'm Anna. And I'm Jillian. And this is the Hat Picks Podcast. Just two dope ladies talking about soccer from across the country on the podcast no one asked for. All right. For us. <laughs> yep. Okay. So happy to be here with you all today. <laughs> oh my God. And what is today? Anna, what is special about today's pod? It's our pride pod. As in gay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Gays. That's what gays. <laughs> that, that overlap was. <laughs> Yay, gays. We love it. We're here to support and talk about it. Yes, with your fellow queer, me, and your fellow ally, Jillman. Okay, we do have picks, and we shall talk about them. (laughs) We're starting off strong here. Okay. Anyway, we're crushing it. Hat pick number three from me is the fact that the Orlando Pride just signed Amy Turner. So, the Orlando Pride are becoming quite possibly the gayest team in the NWSL, and I'm here for it. They've got three queer power couples... And it's a goddamn delight. So we have Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, Marta and Tony Presley, and Erin McLeod and Gunny Yon's daughter. I'm not going to try to say her. Can we pause that for a second and just let me add an aside. Anthony and I were watching an Orlando Pride game where they kept talking about John's daughter. And he was like, why do they keep calling her John's daughter? Why don't they, like, who cares who her dad is? Like, why don't they just keep calling? Why can't they call her by her real name? Because he thought it was like John's, like, D-A-U-G-H-D-E-R. I mean, it is. So (laughs) I she's Icelandic, I believe. Iceland does, like, paternal names. So, like, Gunhildr, which is her first name, is actually, like, the family name, like, the last name. And so her father, I, if if they follow this, is probably actually Jans. <laughs> because their names do end in daughter or son, I think, might be the other one. And they've only recently come up with a more gender-neutral option for all of our other genders that are not man and woman. So, basically, so- you're saying... He wasn't wrong. (laughs) He's not. I don't actually know if her father is named Jans, but historically that is how the names work. But I'm just going to call her Gunny because that's what other people call her. And I'm not going to try to butcher her name at every turn. That is really great, though. I feel like I would have a lot of fun saying Gunhilda or something along those lines. (laughs) Aside over. And that's why this is my pick and not yours. (laughs) Because you would say her name like that every time. (laughs) Despite the fact that I don't think I mentioned her again. Anyway, (laughs) this week it was announced that Amy Turner, formerly of Manchester United, whose mass exodus I will get to in just a moment, has signed with Orlando. This doesn't come as much of a shock when you realize her fiancé is Angara James, who is currently playing with the North Carolina Courage. And in a, I'm going to pull out the stereotype of how like the lesbians really can't be apart for that long. It's like, it's not. We can't do it as hard, all right? On top of her fiancé being over here, there seems to be general discontent with Manchester United right now from the players, and whether that's I, – I don't know the reasons, but we're going to dive into that a little bit with this max, mass exodus thing. So in the past week, five – no, in the past week, just one week, five players have chosen not to re-sign with Manchester United. 
while this technically doesn't have to do with the pride theme, we're already talking about Man U, so I'm just going to dive in. It started with Jess Sigsworth, who is leaving the club at the end of her contract this month, and she's the third highest goal scorer, so that's a bit of a bummer for Man U. Then it was announced that Jane Ross would also be leaving the club at the end of her contract, which is also at the end of the month. Then it was confirmed that both Tobin Heath and Kristen Press are leaving and not renewing their contract with the club because they only had a one-year contract. And now Amy Turner is leaving. And it's also looking like Chelsea's wanting to sign Lauren James, which would take her away from Manchester United. And they still don't have a coach because Casey Stoney, also famously gay, left at the end of the season. So yikes for Manchester United. That's not great for them, but we love bringing more talented players in the NWSL, especially a defender who is going to solidify Orlando's back line, I think is their weakest spot. And, you know, when those players happen to be queer, all the better. Give me a second. You crushed that pick, Anna. Well done. (laughs) You literally just finished seconds ago. (laughs) That's totally believable. Yes. All right. So my number three, my number three hat pick is Marta's goal against Kansas City, who I feel like I can actually, I joked and edited it out of a pod previously where I called them Kansas shitty, but like, I feel like it's a valid name now. (laughs) It is. Yeah. So keeping it now. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) A-Rod. She scares me. Oh my god, she is the scariest person. <laughs> like scarier than Casey Stoney. Yeah. Um, different scary, but a little scary. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of Orlando and an openly queer legend, queen, goat, etc. We don't have enough time for her names. Marta, which is why she goes by the one name. It encompasses everything. <laughs> yeah. Who we all love. She had. A super dope goal against Kansas Shitty, who, like, are really struggling. Like, having so much trouble. Like, not even... doesn't They don't even have a win this season. And this game... I'll get to this. Okay. So, basically, this goal is just Marta doing Marta things. And, like, you just truly cannot beat that. And it's, like, so fucking cool. And she's engaged to a lady. So, like, it's all amazing. Yay. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Yes. Yay, gays. (laughs) So Kansas Shitty strikes first in this match, which is their first home goal of the season, which both <laughs> evokes aw emotions and also yikes emotions, mm. <laughs> like yeah. that noise. <clears throat> so then, of course, to destroy everyone's hopes and dreams, as she does, Sydney LaRue scores twice, both kick-ass goals to put Orlando up 2-1. And like, this isn't the pick. And Sydney LaRue is not queer, but, like, she is a fucking force. And I don't think Orlando would be crushing as much as they have been without her. She's just, like, cunning and skillful and can score like no one else. And I love it. We love it. In the opinion of the pod, we love it. Can (laughs) confirm. So back to Marta. Marta, as always, is kicking ass, taking names, making plays this entire game. Has a few missed opportunities. But then, in the 85th minute which is very close to the end listener very close (laughs) someone from orlando who i was too lazy to look up wins the ball about halfway up orlando's half and then clears it does a short clearance out to marta who starts to make a run you might think this run would last until maybe the 18 maybe she'd make it into the box wrong very wrong (laughs) 
she gets to the edge of the center circle, which is like, there's a halfway line, and then there's a circle around it. So we're basically midpoint down the field, maybe like 55% of the way down the field at best. (laughs) And she sees that Kansas shitty keeper, Abby Smith, is off her line and launches it. So none of us on TV can actually see this, though, because cameras (laughs) and angles. (laughs) And this ball goes in. Abby Smith, who I feel like has been off of her line a lot, like Simone Charlie scored a goal on her last week because she was off her line. I keep seeing her off her line. Like, Oh, yeah. You definitely texted me that, and I definitely didn't respond. (laughs) Oh, well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But it's true. She was just, like, totally caught off guard. You could see her frustration. But, like, beautiful timing by Marta. A stellar goal by a queer soccer icon. And that is just dope as fuck. And we love it. And we love Marta. I see her and, like, Allie Riley and Tony Presley and, like, all these people hanging out. And I'm like, can you please just, like, welcome me into your friend group so I can play, like, (laughs) soccer table tennis with you? Like, and you can, like, apparently Marta likes to grill she a lot. And, she and Anthony both use a chimney to light their coals. So I know that doesn't make any you sense. You already have an in. You already have an in. You can just Right. I was like, girls. I sent that to Anthony. I was like, look. First of all, you definitely have to get her jersey now because you both use chimneys, but you both like your girls <laughs> in the same way. So you're going to – it's a beautiful in. I love anyway, that you have love to get it. the jersey because they both use chimneys. <laughs> It's not the only reason. It's just like further motivation. He already wants it. We just, we didn't order the the strata, whatever. The Ad Astra. Astra, That's the one. Ad Astra. Strata. (laughs) Close. A lot of the same letters. (laughs) I'm doing so good. All right. That was my number three. (laughs) We do love goals by dope ass queer ladies. So I will also be including a goal from a dope-ass queer lady. So my number two hat pick is Jess Fishlock's goal versus North Carolina. So when a dope-ass lesbian scores against our least favorite NWSL team, you, dear listener, can bet your bottom dollar we're going to include it on the Pride Pod because, you know. And while, <laughs> while, yeah, yeah. While I'm willing to acknowledge that the Courage did ultimately win this game, I shan't be mentioning it again, okay? So what I will be mentioning is Jess Fishlock's goal. Shant. Shant. <laughs> I use the word shant and I use the word humpst. Humpst. A lot. Anyway. And, and enumerate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except I use shant and humpst, like, sarcastically. I do not use enumerate sarcastically. That is just the way I say that people should list things. That is genuine. <laughs> and I don't know which is worse. Anyway. <laughs> in the 85th minute, the ball gets passed to Denise O'Sullivan by some other Courage player who I don't care about. And she gets like a heavy touch on it. So the ball ends up bouncing off her foot like six feet away from her. And Jess Fishlock sees that as an opportunity to snatch that shit up. Which she does. And then she dribbles. Dribbles? What am I? <laughs> she dribbles. To about like <laughs> 25 yards away from the goal. So she's still far out from the 18. She looks up and around 
to see who can help her. And she doesn't really have anybody around her that can help. So she's just like, well, I'm gonna fucking go for it. And she does. She leans back and takes a huge arching shot that goes over courage keeper Casey Murphy, who is also off her line, which is fair. Because at that point, you want to make you want to make it seem bigger, like you seem bigger in the space. Fine. However, (laughs) Jess Fishlock gets the ball just perfectly in the upper 90 of the goal. Murphy was just like too far off her line to backtrack quick enough because I don't think she was expecting Fishlock to shoot that early. And, you know, quite honestly, even if she was on her line, I'm not sure she could have done anything to stop that goal because it was just so perfectly placed, really, really high up in the goal. It had an arch that didn't start to come down until it was basically at the goal post. It was just perfection. And Fishlock didn't even start the damn game. She came in as a sub in the 64th minute, which is wild because I know that the OL Reign team did lose yesterday, but they're getting to be so stacked that Fishlock can be considered a sub in the midfield. Like they have enough talent there that she can be a sub, which is wild. It's nuts. It's so nuts. <laughs> wild. Anyway, great goal. Great lesbian. We love to see it. We fucking love it. You go, Jess Fishlock. All right. So speaking of lesbians, which we have been. <laughs> speaking of the queers. Speaking of them. Additionally, my number who, my number who, my number two, <laughs> number what, number two at pick is international Olympic rosters with so many LGBTQ plus folks on it. Royalty straight up on the Olympic roster. So a lot of Olympic rosters have been released in the last week. Not all of them. And some were even released before that. Um, and it's really exciting to see so many openly LGBTQ plus folks named to these teams. So I personally may be a very boring cishet white lady, but I'm not a fucking dumbass. Okay. I understand that representation is crucial and not just in the United States. It matters all over the world. So to see so many incredibly talented, openly queer and trans folks named to play on the world's biggest sports stage is really fucking exciting. So I'm going to talk about it. I will not name them all, but I'll give you a few highlights. I should mention that a few countries have not named their squads yet, but I think I could safely (laughs) safely speculate. I think I could safely speculate. (laughs) Sam Kerr, who is openly gay, and her low pony, also probably openly gay, (laughs) will make it to the Australian team. And as Anna said, and I quote, most of them are gay as hell. (laughs) Here we are. So for Canada, we'll start out with the keepers, as both Steph LeBay and Kaylin Sheridan are both in relationships with women. Check. Quinn, who is openly trans non-binary will be representing Canada in the midfield. Also gay. Yes. Aaron McLeod, who Anna mentioned earlier as a part of a power couple, is an alternate. So all their keepers are just crushing. Gay as hell. Gay as hell. For Great Britain, we've got Rachel Daly of Houston Dash and West Ham fame. Demi Stokes, which Wikipedia said she is in a same-sex relationship, which... We are calling outdated language at this point, but in Anna's words, gay as hell. (laughs) I was trying to lift that one up for you. (laughs) Fran Kirby, who we all know and love. 
Leah Williamson, Lucy Bronze, and also where the fuck is Jess Fishlock? There are 15 people from fucking England on this team and one person from Wales, and it's not Jess Fishlock, and we are upset about it. Boy, so, howdy. So, for the Netherlands, we've got <laughs> Vivian Miedema. Yeah, badass from Arsenal. Daniela Van de Donk. Don't remember what team she plays for. She just got treated to OL from Arsenal. Correct. There we go. And Shanice Van de Sanden. That's a fun name to say. Van de Sanden. This is a problem. Why am I allowed to do this? And from Brazil, we have Marta, of course, and Davinia. Just these one name legends crushing. And then from New Zealand, we have Hannah Wilkinson. So this is by no means comprehensive, but just at a first glance at some of the Olympic rosters, there are so many openly LGBTQ folks out there making these very visible squads. And like that shit matters that they are out there. This is like hella televised. We love it. Thank you for being you out in the world. You're welcome. <laughs> As I drivel down my face. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm really glad that we can both speak well. <laughs> okay, so good. Okay. Moving well, on. Okay. Wow. I feel like we're we're making good time. I say that now. I say it. Yeah, yeah. It's all going to go downhill from here. We spent the first eight minutes <laughs> recording into nothing. So. I think you should keep all of it. I probably should. <laughs> okay. So, our next section... Recently, re- <laughs> recently rebranded section because known we're as idiots. God, we're such fucking idiots. Hat tips, which we have absolutely incorrectly been calling honorable mentions for eighteen episodes. Oh god! Honorable mentions now. Hat tips. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so. Anna and I are going to kind of split these up. There's a few of them. Just be prepared because there's a lot of great content coming your way right now. Kumi Yokoyama coming out as trans is our first hat. Nope. Wait. Yes. Hat, hat tip. Not, hat tip. I almost said hat pick, but that's not the thing. That's not where we are. Hat tip. I need to like yeah. do, the, do the motion. <laughs> so Kumi Yokoyama coming out as trans. They've come out as a trans man using they, them pronouns. They play for the Washington Spirit, who have been wholly supportive of them and have known of their transition since they signed in 2019. Yokoyama mentions in their coming out video, along with fellow Japanese international Yuki Nagasato, who plays for Racing Louisville, that talking about the LGBTQ plus community is becoming more accepted in Japan, and they finally felt like they could come out. And they also mentioned Quinn of Canada and OL Reign, who we talked about a minute ago, as an inspiration. And so this is happening during Pride Month. Wow, we love. So fucking cool. I believe they also said that after they retire that they plan on fully transitioning. Correct. So not only like loving this coming out story, but also loving the support that like Washington Spirit and like other Japanese players are giving to to Yokoyama. Very exciting for them. And this is not technically queer, but... LFG is available on HBO Max. This is a documentary about equal pay for the U.S. Women's National Team, and it was released on this week. So brand fucking new. Go Go fucking watch it. And as I said, not technically queer, but Megan Rapinoe, who is notoriously a lesbian. I've really wanted... Anna wrote this. And I wanted to say notorious lesbian. (laughs) 
<laughs> that works too. <laughs> That's just the way I've been reading it. Notorious lesbian, Megan Rapino. <laughs> I mean, it works. But she's like one of the loudest voices on the team and is kind of centered in this documentary. And loudest voices on this team advocating for equal pay. So we are counting this. It's our podcast. We do what we want. Correct. So I watched it last night and our other mom and future boss, when we become their executive assistants, callback <laughs> Sue Bird is featured as well. So you can't be mad at that. Also, Carrie o- uh, Kelly O'Hara has sort of openly had a girlfriend, so she also is queer and a pretty loud voice in this too, even if we've been frustrated with her play and other things of late. Um, Which we will talk about. But it's great. I watched it last night. The movement for equal pay has been fraught with some bullshit. Including U.S. Soccer sending out a 17-thread tweet after the release of the documentary saying how things were misrepresented and things were inaccurate, which just made them look even stupider. I just like, who is their PR person? An idiot is whoever it is. They're not good. Yeah. So because I Jillian did the soccer related ones and I'm doing the not soccer related <laughs> ones. Um, so not soccer related, but still queer. There's a bomb.com article that was the ESPN cover story this week about Laisha Clarendon, pronouns he, she, they, and their experience being a trans non-binary player in the WNBA, being a parent and an activist. It's a great read. Also, the photos that were done for the article and the cover are top notch. I mean, Laisha Clarendon looks incredible. His family looks incredible. We just love it. Also, their their wife recently had a baby. They call the baby Baby C, and they use they, them pronouns for their child, which I love. I think that's a, a great way to raise a child, but that is neither here nor there. You can read more about it in the article about her. Also, not soccer related, but there is a great article on just women's sports about the evolution of LGBTQ plus advocacy in the WNBA, which I also highly recommend, which also is kind of touched on in the article about Alicia Clarendon. But it's very interesting to see the evolution of what is known to be a very queer league um, and also very loud in terms of their advocacy to see kind of where they were and where they are now and how much that has changed in 25 seasons. So I recommend that. So that's on Just Women's Sports. Um, And those are our hat tips this week. Fucking love it. Also, still feeling some feelings about the fact that it took us so long. Yeah, I know. To call them hat tips. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things that I think about. Like, I don't, you know, how people will replay conversations that they've had in their head over and over. So I don't do that a lot. But... Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm real sorry. I I don't do that a lot, but this is one of those things that I'm just gonna like wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, I cannot fucking believe it took us 18 episodes to think about this. <laughs> it's one of those things that's gonna oh, live in my head for so long. Oh, God, we have to learn to forgive ourselves, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Every t- but the thing is, is that every time we do an episode and we talk about our hat tips, we're going to say, and our hat tip this week is this, and then we're just going to remember all over again how stupid we are. Yep. yep. That's the painful part of this. Ouch. Anyway, we have, <laughs> we have number one hat picks. One. We have one number one hat pick. Shared. Oh, God. Anyway, our number one hat pick. This pod, this pride pod, is that the U.S. Women's National Team 
have announced the roster for the Olympics. So we mentioned it a little bit before with the other teams. And I know that while we were talking about representation on the other teams, this pick is not explicitly queer. But in the wise words of notorious lesbian Megan Rapinoe, she said, and I quote, go gays. You can't win a championship without gays on your team. It's never been done before, ever. That's science right there. End quote. So this is our pick. Get off our backs. And we love science. So (laughs) this is the roster. I will also be highlighting the LGBTQ folks on our team who are open. So the roster for goalkeepers. Amy French. Gay. Uh, Alyssa Nair. Then defenders, we have Abby Dahlkemper. Tierna Davidson. Gay. Crystal Dunn. Kelly O'Hara. Queer in some fashion. Becky Sauerbrunn and Emily Sonnet. On the midfield, we have Julie Ertz, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis. Queer in some fashion. Sam Mewis. And then for forwards, we have Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Chris Impress, and Megan Rapino. Notorious lesbian. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So great. And then our alternates, we have Jane Campbell. Queer in some fashion. Casey Kruger, Katarina Macario, and Lynn Williams. Yeah, and then we created our own rosters. One of what we thought Vlatko would do and one that we would do if we were in Vlatko's shoes. And Jillian had Jane Campbell in for AD Franch, which is close. She's still on an alternate. Um, Katarina, Katarina Macario in for Christy Mewis and Lynn Williams in for Tobin Heath. Then your alternates were Sophia Smith, Mitch Purse, Tobin Heath, and Christy Mewis, which... I mean, we'll get to Mitch Purse in a second, but I had Mitch Purse in for Emily Sonnet and then Andy Sullivan in for Julie Ertz. And then my alternates that are different are Emily Sonnet and Julie Ertz, um, which is just flipped of what I just, which, you know, we were pretty freaking close. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're pretty freaking close, which I think speaks to the consistency of this team and what we've been seeing. Um, But yeah. So that's pretty cool. We're, we're smart. (laughs) (laughs) So what is not freaking consistent is the fact that Midge Purse has been called into every goddamn camp and has been killing it in every goddamn game, and she is not on the goddamn roster. This is goddamn absurd. <laughs> like, Midge Purse was on both of our rosters because of how well she has been doing with the U.S. Women's National Team and in the NWSL. To not have her even as an alternate is not so fun, so... <laughs> Also, Julie Ertz has been injured. We have not seen her in for fucking ever. Why does she get a spot on the roster if she is not healthy? And now we're just speculating to the status of her injury based on what we haven't seen of her, but still. Yeah, and the same goes for Tobin Heath. She was in camp this last time and practicing with the team, and that's incredible. We love that. Wonderful. Whatever. We love that for her. But she hasn't had playing time in like six months. She wasn't even playing with Manchester United because of whatever injuries she had, which was her ankle, is her knee, unclear. And while these players have been historically deserving of a spot on this squad, absolutely cannot take that away. When a roster is this small, I, why would you, why why do you risk putting an injured player on there? Yeah, I mean, we we had some speculation about this. Like, Anna was talking about, like, U.S. soccer wanting to have, like, the most popular players out there. I talked about the fact that having, you know, he, like, Flatco has them if if they're healthy. And if he had them as alternates, he might not necessarily have them. And so, I mean, I see it, but it's still not fair to these players who have absolutely earned their spots. Mostly Mitch Purse. And I've seen some shit out. 
Yes. Bell's image purse. And I've seen some stuff out there about it's like, you know, the Olympics for them this time around is about winning, not fostering like new players, which is like, I understand. And especially having watched this documentary, I understand like how much is on the line for them. But at the same time, there are people who truly earned those spots. So at this point, going to share with you what our rosters would have been for me. This is what I would have wanted to see in an ideal world, not like, you know, realistically who would have been on there, but not too far off. I don't think so. I had on the team, Alyssa Nair and Ashlyn Harris, because Ashlyn Harris is a fucking badass. So, I mean, A.B. French, I love you. You're so good, too. Those four my keepers, Becky Sauerbrunn, Abby Dahlkemper, Midge Purse, Crystal Dunn, Tierna Davidson, Emily Sonnet. And then on the midfield, I would have had Lindsay Horan, Sam Mewis, Christy Mewis, Rose Lavelle, Katarina Macario. And then Kristen Press, Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, Lynn Williams, and Tobin Heath up front. And then for my alternates, I would have had Casey Kruger, Carly Lloyd, Julie Ertz, and Sophia Smith. Yeah. And then what I did was I kind of took the reality of the situation, the fact that like Ashlyn Harris doesn't isn't going to Olympics because she has a, an infant at home. And so I kind of like yeah. stuck things like that in the back of my mind. And I kind of went with the players we've been seeing and what I would like to see. And I do appreciate that Vlatko's alternates are a keeper, a defender, a midfielder, and a forward. Yeah. Like I do appreciate that, which is what neither of us did with all our our alternates right. of what we would like to see. But I like I appreciate that. But my roster is Alyssa Nair and AD Franch and goal, Becky Sauerbrunn, Abby Dahlkemper, Crystal Dunn, Alana Cook, and Tierna Davidson on the back line. <laughs> In the midfield, Sam Mewis, Rose Lavelle, Lindsay Horan, Christy Mewis, and Andy Sullivan. Up top, Kristen Press, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, Midge Purse, and Sophia Smith. And then my alternates are Emily Sonnet, Lynn Williams, Tobin Heath, and Katarina Macario. I put Midge Purse as a forward because she's also played, well, one, she should be. Um, but two, even if you put her in the forward position on the roster, that doesn't mean she can't play as a defender if you need it. So, I mean, I, I could have put her on the defenders list at the same way, but I wanted to um, put her in the place where she should be on mine. And I actually feel like in the summer series, Vladko did that. Like he had her playing a forward where mm -hmm. she scored a goal and then moved back into Crystal Dunn's position, I believe. Yeah. Which, you know what? If, if I talk about not bringing Midge Purse on the roster too much, I'll probably like hype myself up and be so angry that I will like, because <laughs> it's just, it is truly ridiculous that, well, I think it's the way that the roster has been received by people who are like tangential fans of the, the team because of 2019 are like, oh my God, the roster's out. Like, let's fucking go. Let's do this. This is so great. But I think that those people while they're not wrong like that's absolutely a valid place to sit like you want to see this team win also aren't watching the players who have been left off of the roster like it's not seeing what they're doing like even Sophia Smith who's been a great sub in all of these friendlies is not even there we're like not even acknowledging the hard work that other players have put who are now being left off the roster for fuck knows what reason yeah. when they've been doing well anyway I think that the most notable part of both of our rosters it's the fact that we full on <laughs> chucked Kelly O'Hara out the window. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Because, <laughs> well, like, I mean, she's been sucking recently in like a lot of ways, not just on the field, which is the part that we will go into. 
now. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the past however many games, the right side has been the weak side, which is yes. <laughs> largely her fault. Offenses of other teams are finding that side as the weak point to try to score. You know who wouldn't be weak back there? Mitch Purse. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> And Kelly O'Hara, I think she's done really great in that position for a long time. And I don't know what it's been in the past like six months, kind of since the US Women's National Team has gotten back together after like pandemic break. She has not been as important in that position. Like you can stick somebody else back there and it's just fine. And that side might still be the weak side, but she's not doing anything better than anybody else to make her consistently play in that position besides experience. Well, and she's super fucking predictable on that side as well. And so if you've got somebody, I don't know, maybe not as well known on the international stage, they even talked about that back when we were playing some games in April. It's like having some of these people out there that these teams have never seen is important. And something to note about the roster is Christy Mewis is the only person that was not on the 2019 World Cup squad. Mm -hmm. The only person, Not, uh, not considering alternates the actual like 18 person roster, there is one person. And so everyone has seen all of these players play a fuck ton. And while that experience is so important, it can also be a weakness because everyone has seen these players play. They can watch the tapes. They can see how they're doing. And that predictability can also hurt you, even though the experience is a benefit. Yeah. I really hope that, I mean, not that I hope that any player on this team gets injured, but I think that it would be really beneficial for something to happen so that Casey Kruger can step into that spot. Mm. Because I think she's the kind of like fresh legs that we haven't utilized as much as we should have, because she should have been on that goddamn World Cup roster. Yes. But whatever. Yes. Jill Ellis. <laughs> Still bitter, despite the fact that we won the World Cup. <laughs> but you could have won it with Casey Kruger. I gotta say, watching that documentary, because, you know, they do, like, the, the equal pay lawsuit started in March of 2019. Like, so, like, right into the lead up to the 2019 World Cup. And so they showed, like, highlights, all the good feel stuff from, like, the World Cup. And it was just, like... It was just so nice to like to watch that and have that. also to hear like how much was on the line, but it was nice. It was nice. Um, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. You're going to an NWSL game next week, which is dope. Yeah. But if I can figure out a way to go to Euros games next summer, do that. <laughs> I mean, I just miss going to sports. <laughs> anyway, um, bringing this back around to both actual pod topic and. <laughs> Pride. There are a lot of openly queer people on this team. And again, we love to see it. And it's a big deal because one, we love representation. It's great. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the pod or I don't know where I've talked about it, but I have talked about it that like Pino coming out happened shortly before I came out. Yeah. Because that that was helpful for me in seeing, because I mean, obviously as we've discussed many a time, we've both followed soccer for a long time. And so when somebody who I not like idolized, but somebody that I looked up to on, on a sports in a sports way um, was able to come out and feel comfortable in that. I was like, Oh, Oh, I can do that too. (laughs) Um, So that representation is a big fucking deal. And also you can't win the championship without the gays. So that's science. 
We can't and we won't. <laughs> we shan't. We shan't. We shan't. <laughs> but yeah, that is our number one hat pick. We did have a hat drop, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, I do. Hat drop. <laughs> it was that. Okay, so we were planning this pride episode and there uh, was uh so part of the time in between the last episode and this episode was the international break and so there were no nwsl games for a week and so all of them were like every single team played yesterday saturday june 26th we were just like banking on the gays scoring some fucking goals and doing some shit and like there's one like, one in all the games and it was like high scoring there were multiple games with three goals like on one team i was just like a little surprised and disappointed that like god damn it i've been watching this closely because i want to have like more picks <laughs> it's homophobic is what it was it was homophobic <laughs> we don't support that it was only one goal yesterday by a gay and it was gunny's goal gunny scored a goal for orlando they still lost which is a I mean, I'm at first loss. <laughs> yeah, I while we all know I'm a Thorns fan, I actually really love how well Orlando's doing this season. So mm-hmm. go, good job, Gunny. You scored a goal. Yes. You still lost, but good job, Gunny. But yeah, the drop was that there weren't more goals. That it was an inconvenience to us that the gays didn't score. That's the hat drop. You know what? <laughs> I'm okay with it. We want to support. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> We want the gays to succeed, and when they don't, it's disappointing. We want to be loud about it, and you're going to hear about it right here. (laughs) Yeah, mostly because we can't stop talking about it. Yeah, that's right. That feels right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) Well, I guess that's it. (laughs) Yeah, happy Pride, y'all. From one queer to the rest of you. Happy Pride. (laughs) Hope you celebrated it. Mm, I did. I sat in an inflatable pool. Great work. Great work. And drank five White Claws or seltzers or whatever. Yeah, they were not White Claws. They were... (laughs) Nope, I'm not gonna... They were Michelob Ultra Seltzers. (laughs) Oh! Anna's a classy bitch. (laughs) I'm old. I can't have anything else. Oh, God. Nicola yeah. Ultra was my beer of choice when I was 22. <laughs> oh, God. We sound so old. <laughs> and we're not yeah. even old. But Anna and I are both about to enter our, well, complete our 30th year. <laughs> yes. You first, though. So, ha. Huh. Yeah. All right, Anna, want to tell people how they can <laughs> contact us about this bullshit? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HatPicksPod, and you can send us an email at HatPicksPod at gmail.com. Great. So do it. Do that. Happy Pride. Celebrate all year round, not just this month. Yes. Happy Pride from the queer and the ally e. on this pod. E. And on that note, I'm Jillian. And I'm Anna. And this has been the HatPicks Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs>